When I was a young boy, I was really scared of thunderstorms. The howling winds, downpours of rain, unexpected blinding flashes of nearby lightning, and the deafening thunderclaps that would shake the house. Even more terrifying was that severe thunderstorms carried the threat of a tornado. But my dad changed my outlook and dissipated nearly all of my fear on one day. I'll tell you what he did, coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley, your host. Thanks for joining us. We'll take the hour ahead to encourage and inspire one another to deeper faith, hope, and love. Yeah, I'm sure my dad had to put up with a lot of whimpering from me when storms blew in. But one day, he changed it all. A storm was brewing in the west and coming our way. Just as the rain started to fall heavily, he went to the garage. And he grabbed two lawn chairs and set them out on our front porch. I thought he was crazy. But then he invited me out to sit with him. Although nearly trembling, I trusted him. So I went out and timidly climbed into the chair adjacent to his. Now, he said, let's watch and enjoy it. And together, we sat there as the storm rolled through. Mostly shielded from the rain and the wind, we watched as the dark clouds sped along and even laughed when an especially loud clap of thunder shook us. And just like that, in a half hour or so, out on our front porch, my attitude towards storms completely changed. Now, I like to see storms brewing and rolling in. On the day of Pentecost, St. Luke tells us that there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house in which the apostles were. And I wonder, I wonder if they were as scared as I used to be at storms. Because let's face it, the Holy Spirit is far more powerful than any thunderstorm. Or perhaps our Heavenly Father and the promise of Jesus had consoled and prepared them And they, too, were anticipating the great storm of God that was a moment later to begin drenching the earth. So how do you see Pentecost and the gift of the Holy Spirit? Is he terrifying? Is he a welcome deluge of divine life? Or is he mundane, almost forgotten? This hour on The Inner Life, we're focusing on Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. Our spiritual director is Father Craig DeYoung. Father Craig is a priest for the Diocese of Austin, Texas, where he serves as the pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish there in Austin. Welcome, Father. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Patrick. It's good to be back. Yeah. Great to have you with us. And uh, especially on this, uh, you know, we're just a couple days out from Pentecost now, so um, I'm glad that we're focusing in on that for the show today. Why don't you lead us off, Father, by reminding us what Pentecost is and why it's important. Right. So uh, 50 days after the resurrection of our Lord um, and uh, 10 days after his uh, or nine days after his ascension into heaven, he pours out the Holy Spirit upon the apostles uh, while they're gathered together in the upper room uh, with uh, some of the women and Mary, the mother of God. Um, And uh, it's that 
great rushing wind and those tongues of fire and flame, and they are given the gift of the Holy Spirit in a new way, and uh, they are empowered and equipped to go out and uh, share the good news, to call people to repent, to believe in the gospel, and uh, to be baptized, to enter into uh, the life of Christ. Right, and, you know, I, I think oftentimes when I've heard homilies on Pentecost, and even probably sharing some uh, sharing some thoughts myself from time to time on it, I'm always impressed by the seeming transformation that we see in the apostles. Just in this, I mean, I, like my transformation from being scared of thunderstorms to going to like thunderstorms, um, they were transformed as well, right? I mean, they they something powerful, something very much changed within them with this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you see an incredible transformation, uh, even just contrasting, um, you know, just the time after the, the resurrection and before the outpouring of Pentecost, there's a great deal of fear. Um, you know, it even says at the moment of the ascension, uh, they worshiped, but they doubted. <laughs> right, you know, all right. of these sorts of, um, you know, very human experiences. And yet when the Holy Spirit comes and they receive that uh, anointing, that, that great gift, um, and they exercise those gifts, uh, they are transformed. They begin to, their lives begin to look far more like that of Christ. They become uh, conformed to Christ in this incredible way that they're able to, to live his life as their own. And uh, we see the, the fruits and the effects of that transformation pretty radically in the apostles. Now, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, begins at Pentecost, but indeed, it's something that is important for us today as well, because we too can receive that same outpouring, yeah? Of course. So, uh, you know, with faith and then receiving the great gift of baptism, we are endowed with the Holy Spirit and these gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, confirmation. They are sealed within us and firmed up, right? Confirmation, right? Strengthened within us so that we can go forth as the apostles did uh, to give witness in our own state of life and uh, situation in which we find ourselves uh, to Christ and to make disciples of all nations. Mm, right. And I so since there's this uh, and catechism even refers to our confirmation as like our own personal participation in Pentecost and what was going on at Pentecost and I think sometimes I I think that we can get a little um, well not apathetic per se but maybe leaning on on, on those lines about uh, the sacrament of confirmation especially as Many people do. They may have received it at the time of a time when they weren't necessarily focused in on the spiritual life. But especially, let's think about that for a moment, Father. So those, the reality of what happens at confirmation, at baptism and confirmation, and specifically regarding the Holy Spirit, that even if we're not uh, in, you know, focusing in on reception of the third person of the Blessed Trinity at the time, there is still an opportunity to grow in the graces that are there. Yes, so I think one of the one of the challenges sometimes we face um, today is we we've sort of sacramentalized, meaning we've given people the sacraments um, sometimes at a time when they are not necessarily evangelized, meaning that they're having this lived relationship with God and and have um, chosen to really um, you know that Jesus would sit upon the throne of their heart, right? That they would uh, live for Christ in all things. And uh, we receive a gift from from God that then sort of we we sort of put up on a shelf, you know. It just sort of sits there. Right. It's like, okay, great, I have this gift, but what do I do with it? Um, but 
what happens though is is every one of us are given those gifts and it's a permanent endowment. So you can't you can't lose those gifts, but maybe they they stay on the shelf and we have to take it down and, and begin to use those gifts. What happens, of course, when we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit that begin to grow within us, um, they incline us towards uh, a lived relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, um, that we'd be more attentive uh, to the movements of God and where he's directing us to know what is true and good and beautiful and how to live in right relationship with God and with one another. And that, of course, brings about um, a life of virtue that it really uh, teaches us how to live an excellent life and um you know, become perfected, sanctified, right? Become holy. And that creates in us, you know, um, all of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we begin to live a life of, of beatitude, of blessedness. And so we all have those gifts, but, you know, it's really key thing is to use those gifts in our daily life. And um, so in confirmation, I think a lot of the time what's happening nowadays is uh, those gifts are given to us. But then we're not necessarily living them out or exercising those gifts um, in the day, our daily life. And uh, so it seems to us like, well, nothing really happened, or um, where is the Holy Spirit? Um, but I think uh, it's still available to everyone at any point after they've received those sacraments to begin to live that relationship out with God in such a way that those gifts are activated and stirred up within us um, and begin to bear uh, those fruits of the Holy Spirit in our life. Mm, that's what we're all about here on the show today. We are talking about Pentecost and the gifts of the Holy Spirit with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung from the Diocese of Austin, Texas. And uh, if you have a time in your life where you knew that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were working in and through you for your uh, your sanctification, for the building up of the church, for the salvation of the world, if there's a time specifically when you have sensed that and, and known that that's what was going on, maybe there's ways in which you lean into the Holy Spirit in some pretty profound ways. How do you develop a devotion and a reliance upon the Holy Spirit? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Let's take a phone call, Father. We've got Teresa, who's calling in from New York. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. Oh, hello, Patrick. This is, uh, yeah. I, I was always, I don't understand what it means to celebrate Pentecost, uh, uh, you know, what, you know, how to look, what I'm supposed to know about it, you know, how to uh, pray, what to do about it, you know, with the Pentecost season. Well, thank you, Teresa. I think that's um, a, a great question. I think sometimes we wonder how to pray these beautiful mysteries of our faith. And, uh, you know, I think uh, when we pray the Mass, um, you know, we have these liturgical seasons that take place, and, and the idea is that this entire mystery of Christ's life, his death, his resurrection, becomes really present to us here and now, and we can actually share in the events as they're happening and unfolding. And so the liturgical calendar helps us to sort of focus our attention on those events, to think um, what it was like in that moment, uh, what uh, the Lord was doing and why he did those things, and then how we ourselves um, are able to share in that, that what he does in those moments is being done for and in us. And Pentecost specifically, um, God is giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit to dwell in our hearts so that we can have a lived relationship with Him. And more than that, it actually strengthens us and equips us to live out the life of a Christian. And so I would meditate upon uh, what it, what the life of the Holy Spirit in us uh, looks like and how do we live that relationship with God on a daily basis that 
all the things we're doing, we, we share with God heart to heart. Uh, we uh, allow him to move our thoughts, feelings, and desires. Uh, he's a part of the decisions we make, um, our uh, choices to love and to do good, um, to reject uh, evil and sin. Um, and so praying with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, you know, it's a, a pretty common practice that the first novena uh, began from the Ascension and then praying the novena to the Holy Spirit for those nine days leading up to Pentecost, asking for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit who guides and who teaches us. Uh, and so I would uh, recommend that even though we're still a few days away from Pentecost and you can't start over and go back to the Ascension, um, even picking up that novena now and praying that novena uh, to the Holy Spirit could be a great way to prepare for Pentecost. Hmm. Great advice, Father. And Teresa, thank you. Thank you for the honest question. It's, uh, it's true. And, and I don't think you're alone in that either. I think oftentimes um, the Holy Spirit can be... I think he likely is the least understood of the of the three uh, persons, divine persons of the Holy Trinity, um, and especially and what it means for us and how we can come to know him better, how we can come to uh, rely upon him more. And that's what we're about on the show today, Teresa. So keep listening, as I think we'll cover more uh, great information about Pentecost and about the Holy Spirit with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung from the Diocese of Austin, Texas. Well, Father, um, I think Teresa's question really sets us up well for ongoing discussion. And let's let's unpack a little bit more about the Holy Spirit, particularly. What what role does he play in our lives? You talked about the apostles being conformed to Christ on the day of Pentecost and this transformation that goes from great fear to uh, boldness. How can we come to better understand the Holy Spirit and his role in, in our lives personally? Well, um, you know, I, I think um, um, understanding maybe a few more things about Pentecost could be helpful. So, you know, Pentecost is was also a Jewish feast that took place um, 50 days after the Passover, and it was originally a harvest festival on which the first fruits uh, were given and taken to the temple in th- gratitude and thanksgiving to God. It later was connected with the giving of the uh, from Moses to the people, from the Lord, uh, a law to guard and protect the relationship with him. And it's no coincidence that uh, the Feast of Pentecost for us takes place 50 days after a new Passover. And so you might think of it as a new harvest, a new first fruits um, of what the Lord is giving us, right? A taste of, of that life with him for eternity, even sort of now. And so there's gratitude connected with um, our lived relationship with the Holy Spirit. And in a certain sense, it's, it's a way that we enter into that relationship with the Holy Spirit to begin that thanksgiving to the Lord. But it's also the giving of a new law, the law promised in uh, the prophet Isaiah chapter 11, uh, the law that will be written upon our hearts, Right, that the uh, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon uh, him, talking about the Messiah, and all of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. But that it would be a new law by which we are to live, one no longer written on stone, but on the flesh of our hearts. Um, and so the Holy Spirit writes that law upon our hearts with the gifts of the Spirit. He he disposes us more readily, or inclines us more readily to listen to to the Lord, to keep his commandments, um, and to live that out. 
but specifically the Holy Spirit helps us to know how those truth, what those truths are, and then how to live those truths out in particular circumstances. So when we're wondering, how am I supposed to act here? This situation is real a challenge for me, and I don't know the right thing to do. We pray to the Holy Spirit, and He guides and teaches us, and we learn how to listen. And we, we come to know, through those gifts, um, what the right action would be to do, how to respond in this work situation, or how to better love my spouse or my kids, or I'm in a relationship where um, I've done something uh, to hurt my loved one, and I need to, to ask for forgiveness and uh, you know say that I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit, living that relationship out with Him, um, really becomes a place of um, how how we live our relationship out in actual praxis, practice, right? Um, the Holy Spirit really guides and teaches us. It's that law written in the heart that disposes us to listen to the Lord and to respond with love um, in the midst of, of our lives. And so the Lord rules and sanctifies and animates us in these different ways. And uh, the word for the Holy Spirit in Greek was as you know, paraclete, uh, which means one who is called to our side, and that the Holy Spirit sort of is that constant companion uh, that uh, comes to our side and helps us to know uh, the Lord and what right action to take and how to love our neighbor as ourselves. Excellent. Well, yeah, I'm I'm gaining some great information myself here, so I appreciate that, Father. Thank you for that. And I and I love the consistency, as always, between the Old Testament, the New Testament, the new Passover, the new uh, Pentecost that is taking place in our midst and in our time. And I think one of the questions that I might uh, pitch at you too, Father, is that it might seem to somebody who's been baptized, been confirmed, and is trying to live a life in accordance with Christ and His Church— that uh, they might ask the question, well, really? Has the Holy Spirit made a conceivable difference in my life? Well, how, would you, how would you address somebody who is asking that question? Well, I think the first question I would ask is, um, what does your, your lived Catholic faith look like? I think um, the foundation for the activation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, is a daily prayer life, uh, participation regularly in the sacraments, um, going to confession when we have grave sin upon our souls, uh, praying with the scriptures, uh, coming to know the teachings of the apostles, you know, learning uh, the truths of our faith, and living in the community of the faithful. I think those are sort of the foundational pieces. And so sometimes people say, well, I haven't, I'm not sure if it's really made a difference. Um, well, those particular pieces are, are sort of a foundation. And then what we do is we pray to the Holy Spirit and we ask for the Holy Spirit's help. I typically begin prayer by, by saying the words, come Holy Spirit, teach me how to pray. And then I pray. And I share my heart with God. I share my thoughts and my feelings and my desires. But then what I do is I listen. I ask the Holy Spirit uh, to speak to me. And the way he typically does that is by inclining our thoughts, feelings, and desires um, in a particular way. And we have to sift through that, and uh, there's some some helps in learning how to do that with the discernment of spirits by St. Ignatius of Loyola is a great tool, a great help. But then I would specifically think about these gifts of the Holy Spirit and how to use them. You know, the gift of wisdom uh, allows us to know um, 
to the divine things. It gives us the ability to judge and direct our, our affairs according to this divine truth. Um, so to come to know what are the truths of God, which then uh, has a very definable effect in our lives, namely that um, we are able to try to conform our lives to what is true. Um, understanding helps us in particular situations to know what the goods are at stake. That gift of the Holy Spirit helps us to know what are the things that are really valuable in this situation. Sometimes we think that our work is really valuable, and it is to an extent, but not more valuable perhaps than our relationship with our spouse. And the gift of understanding helps us to see that more clearly, more readily. Where the gift of counsel sort of allows us um, to know what the Lord is asking of us in a particular situation, especially in regard to our salvation, uh, knowing that uh, a particular path or a particular way of life is um, contrary to, to that life with God. Um, you know, fortitude helps us to do hard things, right? It helps us to, to choose to do what is good, even when, when there is great resistance to it. Uh, knowledge helps us um, to know what the right action is to take, um, especially matters of faith. Uh, but it really helps us with justice, too, to know what is uh, due to, to our neighbors, how, how really to truly to, to love them. Um, you know, piety tells us what is due to God. How should we reverence the Lord, especially through worship, but also by uh, other aspects of our life? Um, it's kind of like, um, in a certain sense, you know, honor your mother and your father. Piety is honor God, right? How do we do that properly in our lives? And then fear of the Lord is, is understanding that we are sons and daughters of God, and so we have an honor and respect to him. Um, but it is a fear that sort of lets us know our place in life. And so all of those things, those gifts that incline us um, in, in our lives can be very subtle. They can be very hidden. Um, but they do have a profound effect in, in our relationship with God and with others, especially when we have that sort of foundational place where we're exercising these gifts on a regular basis and they grow. And they incline us then to grow in virtue, to make habits of, of doing what is um, correct, is human excellence, right? You know, I think... Um, you know, that sometimes it seems subtle, but also these marks are profound and have a profound effect in our life when we are using them. And of course, it, it, it ultimately brings about those fruits of the Holy Spirit, um, which, you know, are the things that, that bring us that great consolation and contentment yeah. um, in our relationship with God and with others. It's a place of, of um, blessedness, right? It leads to, to the Beatitudes. Right. Very good. Our spiritual director today, as we're talking about Pentecost and the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts, as Father was just saying, of the Holy Spirit, is Father Craig DeYoung from the Diocese of Austin, Texas, pastor of St. Louis, King of France in Austin. And uh, we are looking for evidence of the Holy Spirit in your own life. But you know what? Maybe it's easier to pick out where people in your life that you can just see, you can sense, you can know that these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are present and working in their life, that the fruits, as Father just mentioned, of the Holy Spirit are present and working in their life. If you have a testimony to give about that, if somebody in your life has really been a model, an example to you of godliness, of kindness, love, patience, uh, goodness, self-control, then give us a call. Let us know. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We need to take a short break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Holy Spirit dwelling inside Breath of heaven be my guide Holy Spirit dwelling inside Breath of Welcome heaven back. 
to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Patrick Conley, and our spiritual director today is Father Craig DeYoung from the Diocese of Austin, Texas. And we are talking about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit and the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit as well. Who's someone in your life who you would describe as holy? Well, they didn't just get that way on their own. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So call us, call us up. Give a testimony about that person and how you've seen the Holy Spirit active in their life. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got Grace, who's been waiting patiently in Arlington, Virginia. Grace, thanks for your patience. Thanks. I just wanted to tell about uh, the when I was uh, reading, walking with St. Raphael, uh, Raphael book by an old book, 1954, by Father Lovasek. When I was reading that, it was like my heart was pierced, and I knew at that moment, like, this is the truth. What is, the, what is being said here and the prayers? And as a result, I started buying books, giving them out to everyone, and then a friend of mine said she loved Raphael, too. We started a prayer group. It's five years later. We have lots of people. We pray in person and also on Zoom, but we pray a rosary for our priests, um, in the wider church and also our parish, St. Agnes. And then we pray prayers for healing, and we pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet. But in the book, the prayers are a prayer for chastity, a prayer for purity, a prayer for um, Christian families, which is like the antidote for our, what we're living in right now, our world. Grace, I am so grateful that you called today. That's um, just a just a great encouragement to me. One that you're praying uh, for our priests. I think I've got a new book on my to read list now, um, and uh, I think you know there is a tremendous need for healing in Saint Raphael, uh, the Archangel, of course, um, so well known uh, with uh, being a messenger of God's healing power. Um, so I think uh, I think you're right. There's there's things that we have to specifically identify as the challenges we face today, and then we have to ask God for the grace, right, for the help specifically counter to the things that we're facing. So if if the world is facing this incredible loss of an understanding of of the human person and and human sexuality, we need to pray for that grace uh, that the Lord would um, inspire and incline hearts towards that truth. Um, so thank you so much for your prayers, and I, I think that's just a great witness. Fantastic, Grace. Thank you for being open to the Holy Spirit's work in your life, and specifically through the reading of this book. And you know, you never know. I think that's one of the things that Grace uh, Grace's calls kind of opens up to me. Father reminds me of is that you just never know how God is going to have, have you encounter the Holy Spirit in a new way, right? That's right. I, I think, um, you know, some of my priest brothers and I, we joke sometimes that uh, sin is boring, right? It's absolutely yeah. boring. People people get worried about confession and telling us their sins. And, and just honestly, I, I don't know, I just find the sins very boring. What I find really exciting is grace, the movements of the Holy Spirit, because God does incredibly new and unexpected things all the time. Um, I think sometimes we have a fear of giving ourselves over to the movements of the Holy Spirit. We're afraid of uh, what would happen. We might lose ourselves. We might lose control. Something hard might be asked of us that we're afraid to take action on. 
But the truth is that when we allow the Holy Spirit uh, to guide our lives, uh, to direct our thoughts, our understanding, um, our actions, um, incredibly new life comes from that, and unexpected things take place, like prayer groups, and suddenly you're, you have people who are also experiencing this new life and, and having conversions of their own and deepening in the relationship with God and with others. And I have to say that that when I've seen, especially young people, um, my previous ministry was in campus ministry, and uh, when I saw this with young people, their lives changed, and it was new, it was exciting, it was an adventure, it was a divine romance, and that is absolutely uh, spectacular. And so I, I think that's right, is these unexpected things that God does are always better uh, than what our own plans are. Right. Amen to that. And you mentioned new life in there, and of course that gets my mind to thinking about the resurrection, of course, but also, um, yeah, the role of Mary in all of this. What was Mary's role in this whole Pentecost idea? Well, there's such a beautiful contrast between the old and the new. Um, there's a, a theological term called recapitulation, and that means like God takes all the things of the old and incorporates them in the life in the, of Christ and then makes them um, into something incredibly new. God is making a new creation, and, and just like we have in uh, the first Adam and the first Eve, in the first creation, now we have a new Adam and a new Eve in this new creation that Christ is, is taking uh, part in. Christ is the new Adam, and Mary is the new Eve. And so, um, you know, Mary was full of grace. We call her sometimes the spouse of uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, God is her father. She's the spouse of the Holy Spirit, and she's the mother of the second, uh, um, you know, person who has become a man, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so she's the mother of God. Um, and so she has this new role of being the mother of all of the living. But specifically at Pentecost, she's there with the apostles. She's there with some other women who are also uh, there gathering up a room, praying together. The Holy Spirit comes down. Um, you know, I think my understanding is that she receives the Holy Spirit um, at Pentecost in a new way. She's already full of grace, but uh, there's this new sort of anointing in life that takes place through uh, the Pentecost. And she receives the Holy Spirit differently than the apostles. She's not uh, ordained to ministry, uh, to offer the sacrifice at the Mass or to forgive sins. But what it does, I think, is it expands her role as the mother of all creation, the mother uh, of all of the living. She's the new Eve. And so she's the mother of Jesus. She becomes the woman, the new Eve, at the moment on the cross when Jesus says, Woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. Um, but in this moment, I think uh, her role expands. She's now the mother of the whole body of Christ, the whole church, and she takes on that very special role in salvation uh, history and in, in the work of salvation um, at God's uh, behest. And she uh, begins to to mother the church, to nurture the church in uh, her attentiveness to the Holy Spirit, the movements of God, and how to love Jesus and to know her Son. Um, and I think I think really that's the role of Mary in in the life of the Holy Spirit. That Mary can help and teach us by her life um, and by also her intercession how to be docile to the Holy Spirit, how to engage with the Holy Spirit. I mean, specifically, the Annunciation is is one of the best examples of that. As um, you know, the angel appears to her, and she has some questions. Well, how is this going to take place? I've never been with a man. And um, the angel tells her, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and you'll conceive by the Holy Spirit. And she says, be it done unto me according to thy word. 
right? She is docile. She surrenders an act of faith and hope and an act of love to God. And uh, she, as our mother, can help us to, to, to respond and learn how to respond in the same way. Mm. Wonderful. Our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung from the Diocese of Austin, Texas, as we're talking about Pentecost and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how have you seen the Holy Spirit at work in your own spiritual life? How has the Holy Spirit drawn you deeper into a relationship with the Lord? Are there ways that you engage particularly with the Holy Spirit in prayer? Give us a call. Let us know what those are. 888-914-9149. Again, our studio line is 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Father, one of the things that you mentioned about uh, Mary, and particularly in her uh, that her role expands, that she becomes the mother of of really all the living, certainly mother of the church. And in that, um, as she is, of course, the first and perfect disciple, and kind of, as you said, paving the way for us, being the the model for us all, that sort of thing. How can we expect our roles to change or expand as we invite the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives? Well, that's a great question, and, and one maybe I haven't uh, thought of all that deeply, but uh, I can use my own life experience, I, I think. I think, you know, my, my baptism took place when I was a baby, but I was baptized in the Episcopal Church. And when I was a child, I have to say, I didn't have much of a relationship with God. Now, I received those great gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they were with me in some fashion. And at certain moments of my life, when I was introduced to prayer, I was, in a certain sense, ready to pray. My dad shared with me a Bible at one point, and I started trying to read it. And I sort of, at times, have great fear. I remember uh, a thunderstorm. I was thinking of your example here at the beginning. I was afraid in that time. And I remember um, actually praying and having an experience of God. Um, And those things were sort of like seeds. But they began to really grow when I encountered uh, the Lord in college with uh, the Scriptures through a Bible study that eventually led me to the Catholic Church. And and when I was confirmed, it was just uh, incredible. I had such an overflowing joy in that moment. Um, and I really think the, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, through baptism and especially that sacrament of confirmation uh, fortified and strengthened that life of faith within me. And in a certain sense, I became alive in a way I hadn't been before, obviously having received a confirmation, uh, excuse me, confession beforehand, receiving that life of, of God once more, uh, that grace within my soul. Um, But what happened over time is, as I continued to try to live and practice the Christian faith and tried to know the Lord, love Him and serve Him and exercise these gifts, um, my role changed. I I began to realize I was inclined or called to a different vocation, led me into the priesthood. But even in the priesthood, you know, you have all of the general things that you do, uh, all priests do, they offer the sacraments, they preach, um, they're with uh, people and, and, and guides. But then you sort of find that the Holy Spirit has given you particular charisms, particular sort of ways of living those gifts out in a very particular way. Some priests are really called to ministry with the sick, and they're called to that healing ministry. Some are called to work with youth. Some are called 
um, to preach in in uh, more um, I guess uh, public ways. You know, some like Father Mike Smith, for example, called to to do a lot of things online, or uh, Bishop Barron. Um, you know, there's different ways that the Holy Spirit inclines us, and I think that's the way the role expands. It's like it, it's like being the difference between a general practice doctor and being a specialist. The Lord draws us more towards one particular place, and in, in our state of life, with the people that are before us, um, it expands. Right? You yeah. you maybe your mother and a father kids, but their your kids begin to bring their friends over to the house, and you find yourself being a spiritual father or a spiritual mother for other children. There's sort of an expansive element as the Holy Spirit sort of um, continues to mature within us. Yeah, very nice. I appreciate it, Father. I, and I've always, you know, known and was suspected that, uh, yes, as the Holy Spirit does get deeper and deeper into our lives, that he's going to, he's going to, in a sense, sharpen our focus, but expand our role in terms of how we can be part of Christ's ongoing mission to the world. So great explanation of that. Love it. Let's go back to the phones now. We've got Jerry, who's calling in from Naperville, Illinois. Jerry, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, I just want to bring up an example how I bring the Holy Spirit into my life. I'm in the business world. and Sometimes I'll go to a meeting or go on a sales call, or I'll just be having to talk with my wife or my kids or some friends on a difficult issue. And I reflect on the passage. I know there's Mark and Luke, I think, have the same passage, but I'll just use the one from Matthew, uh, where Jesus says, when they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You'll be given at that moment what you are to say. For it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And I ask the Holy Spirit, you know, help me to speak, help me to use your words, not the words that I want. And um, I just find it comforting. And, you know, there are times that I will be in that meeting and go, where did that come from? And sometimes, because uh, it maybe was a response that someone heard, but I hadn't even thought about, about saying. And, um, you know, I find some comfort. Maybe that was the Holy Spirit who did it, I, you know. Don't know for sure, but uh, it just gives me a lot of comfort to know that, you know, God's with me. And uh, and that's what I really want to try to do is to please him and say what he wants me to say, not what I want to say. Jerry, that's a beautiful um, example. You know, we, we, what happens in those moments is we open ourselves to God's grace. We listen to the Lord and then we speak uh, with a confidence that the Lord is moving and working through us. And we can often see um, what happens. The fruit of that is what you experienced, that you experienced peace and you experienced uh, joy. And those are sure signs, confirmations to us that you are working with and the Holy Spirit is working through you. Um, and it is very comforting to know that it doesn't all rest on us, that we don't have to carry all of the load. We simply have to trust the Lord and uh, allow him to work in and through us. And he, he helps us to do things that we're not capable of on our own, uh, to go beyond sort of the restraints of our own nature and uh, to live the divine life, to love as Christ has loved us. Mm. Jerry, thank you for the telephone call. I appreciate it. If you have a way like Jerry did to, uh, where you sense that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, where you trust the Holy Spirit to be at work in your life, give us a call. Let us know what that is. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung, right after this. Holy
life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. Glad you're joining us for our discussion about the Holy Spirit, about this upcoming celebration of Pentecost that we're doing this Sunday. My thanks to Thomas Engesser, who's in for as our producer today, and Gabby Burke, who's taking your phone calls, and our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung, from the Diocese of Austin, Texas, pastor of St. Louis King of France in Austin. And uh, as we continue this discussion, Father, about uh, Pentecost and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, uh, grateful of all the stuff that you've shared and how we can grow in our relationship to the Holy Spirit. Let's take a phone call, though. Let's go to Gary right there from your hometown there in Austin, Texas. Gary, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you very much. I think I have an amazing story to share with you. <clears throat> Probably about 15 years ago, I was just going through a divorce. My family was falling apart. And I was moved to go, I'd have been away from the church for a while, I was moved to go down to the cathedral, and Father knows that's a big church, and um, went to the cathedral, and I was sitting halfway down the um, aisle, and I was in tears, and somebody, and a person came and put their hand on my shoulder, as a homeless guy, and he looked at me and he said, don't worry, everything's going to be okay, you're going to be fine. And we walked out into the foyer and had a brief conversation, and I was totally amazed, and I can't believe, I cannot believe that it was not an intervention of the Holy Spirit moving in my life. And since then, I've met a wonderful person. I go to Thomas More, and I am a uh, extra, I'm a communion minister and uh, literature, and it's just changed my life completely. I got back into the church, and I feel like it was a divine intervention. I mean, it was incredible. That's a beautiful story, Gary, and it sounds like we're neighbors. Tell Father Keith I say hello. Um, But, uh, you know, this this is incredible uh, for many reasons. One, because I think often we look at uh, those who are homeless as people we are called to help, Um, but often um, what happens through uh, our relationships with people in those situations is we're helped even more than they are. Um, I think there's a number of stories like this. I think of Henry now and uh, who goes to the ark and, and uh, you know, he thinks he's going there to serve those who are with persons with disabilities. And yet uh, he receives more than he is able to give through those interactions. But uh, God often does that. Um, he uses those who are lowly and in a certain sense uh, to humble the great. And of course um, that opens us up in a beautiful way to the Holy spirit, to that life of grace. Humility is um, one of the, the most important steps um, of of coming to know God and uh, to know His love for us, that humility of humbling ourselves or being humbled at times. Um, but that's a beautiful story, Gary, and I'm so grateful for sharing it. Yes, thank you, Gary. Excellent story. And again, who knows where the Holy Spirit is going to come into our lives, but yet... Um, Gary, I think, models something, too, is that he was open to receiving that word from this homeless person. Or, you know, He was open to receiving that. And that seems to be one of the primary, one of the, the first things, the attitudes that we need to have when it comes to our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yes. I think they just goes hand in hand with humility. I, I don't know what was going on in Gary's life, but being in the church there um, in tears, obviously he came there. Um, in his brokenness and opened himself to God, and God spoke. You know, I think that that confidence, that believing God will speak to us in different ways is is important as well. 
Um, what we can't do is tell God exactly how he should save us, how he should speak to us. <laughs> oh, sure you um, can, and, Father. I do it know, all the time. You, well, you, you, how, you can do it, but it's not very successful, right? <laughs> right, but, right, um, yeah. You know, I think I think that's beautiful. Um, you know, sometimes we think that God will only speak in a particular way. This is the other thing that happens. We think that we're going to get some sort of locution voice from heaven where God is, is shouting in thunder at us. But sometimes it is through a whisper. Um, often it is through lived experience that some kind word from somebody, uh, someone enters in our life at the right moment. Um, sometimes there's things like signs where, you know, uh, we pray and ask for a sign and we see a rose or something like that. You know, these things do happen that, that the saints, uh, through God's grace, uh, interact with us in some of these ways. Um, but God is always speaking. Uh, the question is, are we open and are we listening? Ooh, I like that right there. God is always speaking. The question is, are we open and are we listening? I think we can just sign off the show right there, Father. That's, that's <laughs> it's over. It's great... over. Take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Wow. Okay. I'm going to chew on that one. I love it. I love the phrase. Our spiritual director today, Father Greg DeYoung, we're talking about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit as well. How have you seen the Holy Spirit active in your life? we still got time for some calls, so give us a call, 888 Let's go to Mike, who's calling in from Mineola, Florida. Mike, welcome to The Inner Life. Yes. Um, hi, I just have a question. I had a, uh, of course, I'm a convert Catholic, and I received all the initial sacraments on one evening when I was accepted quite a long time ago. But I would say about 15 years ago, I had a, a very big experience. I went into a, a church one night. And some people have termed it as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is this a part of confirmation, would you say, or have you heard of this? Because it's very valid in my life. Yes, uh, Mike, I'm grateful for this call. I think um, we talk about the the charismatic renewal uh, within the life of the Catholic Church. And uh, there's a really great book by Father Cantalamessa, who's the the papal preacher in, uh, in Rome, called Sober Intoxication of the Spirit. And uh, it's a guide. So how do the these beautiful gifts of the Holy Spirit, but maybe some of these more uh, specific giftings, these charisms, uh, sort of unfold in our lives? Uh, but sometimes in this movement, the way the baptism of the Holy Spirit is described is you've already received those graces and sacrament, uh, the sacrament of baptism and confirmation, but they need to be stirred up. Um, and activated in uh, through really an openness and a willingness to use those gifts, since we ask God to sort of stir them up in us, the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to actualize or activate those gifts that we receive through the sacraments. Um, the example that's sometimes given is like a, a glass of chocolate milk, um, where you just have the milk, you take your Hershey's syrup, and you fill, um, pour it into the glass. But it, what happens when you first pour it in is it goes and it sits on the bottom. And you sort of have the milk and the chocolate syrup separated, but you need to take that spoon and go down there and stir that chocolate syrup to mix with the milk, and they sort of become uh, together. And this is sometimes how the baptism of the Holy Spirit is described, that you have that already present, but it needs to be activated and integrated into our lives. And so that's a special uh, you know, way of praying and asking the Holy Spirit to activate those gifts of the sacraments um, in our lives, and that we can begin to live them out. And it has a profound and incredible effect, namely that we begin to be sanctified, changed, renewed. Uh, we become more holy by using those gifts and activating and integrating them into our lives. Mm. 
Yeah, great analogy, Father. I love it. And uh, that's something that I think is a good challenge for all of us, especially as we're heading into this Pentecost weekend. I think that's a it's a great thing to do is to open ourselves, to give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit, to um, ask for the gifts and the spirit, the uh, the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit to be made present and obvious in our lives and uh, to stir up that glass of chocolate milk. Our spiritual director today, Father Craig DeYoung from the Diocese of Austin, Texas, pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish in Austin. And we're talking about Pentecost and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Just a couple minutes, few minutes remaining here, Father, before we ask for your blessing. And I think maybe just to round off the show here, specifically as we're heading into this Pentecost weekend, what's uh, maybe one or two practical things that you would encourage people to do in order to celebrate well Pentecost, as well as to... um, to stir up the chocolate milk, to uh, to uh, activate the Holy Spirit and His graces in our lives. I don't I don't think it's rocket science, um, but I think it's I think it's just this. I think uh, we um, need to do a certain examine of our own hearts, and to sort of um, I, I would identify in my own heart maybe some of the places that I am afraid um, of maybe. Uh, change in my life, what God might be asking of me. And simply um, in that place, make an act of trust to say, Jesus, I trust in you and to surrender those things uh, to the Lord. And then ask the Holy Spirit um, to activate those gifts. Ask the Holy Spirit to come upon our hearts um, and uh, to activate those graces that we might live them out uh, with a certain willingness and readiness uh, to to be responsive um, to the movements of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think the best place to do that, of course, is before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, to go um, to a church or to go to a Mass and uh, to maybe do maybe five or ten minutes before the Mass to pray that way and then ask on the Feast of Pentecost for that fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. Okay. Like you said, not rocket science, but still something that, as you said, we need to be ready for and need to be willing uh, to to receive because those, uh, dare I say it, those can be dangerous prayers to pray uh, because the Lord will take us at our word and uh, yet we might start seeing some stuff here. So I think it's a great piece yeah, of advice there, absolutely. Father, you know? Yeah. I, I, might, I might just add, Please, um, yeah. you know, asking specifically uh, the saints to intercede for us. A litany of saints is, is a great way to do that as well, because they're such powerful intercessors. And, and some graces God wants to give us, but he only wants to give us through the intercession of others. Um, he wants us to do that in communion, not a just me and Jesus sort of thing, but me, Jesus, and the whole body of Christ sort of thing. And so I think that's another key to activating a lot of these things of asking um, the saints to pray for us, and maybe even some people that you know and trust um, to pray uh, with you and over you. Um, always uh, doing that uh, with, with someone who you know to be in a, a good relationship with God and the Church. Um, but that would be a, another another great way of, of maybe asking the Church to to help you in that as well. That's right, because the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the Church, and that's uh, what we're celebrating this weekend. And, and being part of, being a member of the mystical body of Christ, then we can too enjoy the gifts and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives as well. And I hope and I pray that all of our listeners today, that you would all have this kind of an experience with the Holy Spirit this Sunday, and you would see the work of the Holy Spirit more and more readily and plainly in your lives. All right, Father, the time has come. We would love a blessing from you, please, as we head into this Memorial Day and Pentecost weekend. 
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit anew upon your church, that you would strengthen us in love of your Son, Jesus Christ, and love of one another. We pray that the Holy Spirit may be stirred up in us, that we may go forth, make disciples of all nations, and bring people to life with the sacraments, and teach all to observe what you have commanded us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Greg DeYoung has been our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. Hey, happy Memorial Day weekend to you all. Hope you've got some great plans. And a sincere thank you to all men and women who have served or are actively serving our country in the military. Thank you for your service to our country. Enjoy this Pentecost weekend. Open yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit. Until next time, grace and peace. Peace.